Welcome to the cross-examination. This is a short podcast designed to help us get a better understanding of what the Bible teaches. We're here to break down any traditions or any teachings that are contrary to God's Word. Our topic today is politics. As you know, it is an election year, and on November 6th, millions of people around the country will be going to cast their vote for the person they wish to be our next president. But here's an interesting question. Should Christians be involved in politics? Now, obviously, most of us are, um, but there has often been a debate of whether we should be and to what extent should our role in the political arena be. Since we don't care about tradition or about what our grandma does, what our dad does, what our best friend does, we just care about what the Bible says, let's quickly take a look at that. Um, But we want to start out by saying let's ignore the Old Testament on this particular topic. The reason I would like to ignore the the Old Testament is because the Old Testament is full of political references. But the reason it's full of political references is because in the Old Testament, God was speaking through prophets and judges and various people to his nation that he was building, Israel. Now, if God is involved in building a nation, and that nation happens to be a theocracy, then obviously a lot of what God is saying applies at the national level. In the New Testament, however, God is no longer focused on the building of Israel and nation, but he's focused on individual people coming to a faith in his son, Jesus Christ. So if anybody comes to you with an Old Testament reference and says, this is why we should be involved in politics, you can honestly say, you know, that may not apply to me. Let's look at what the New Testament says. Um, Another example of times when the Old Testament shouldn't be used is when we talk about things that God has commanded us to do. Many times people will say, well, you don't really believe the Bible. Look, the Old Testament forbids you to eat shrimp, and of course, you're eating a shrimp cocktail right now. Well, once again, that was talking to the nation of Israel, not to God's people today. While the Bible is true, Old Testament and New Testament, There are some things that are specifically to individuals, and so we just have to glean an application from that, not directly take the statement. For instance, uh, if Noah is commanded to build an ark, that doesn't mean that all of us are commanded to build an ark. We take from that a lesson that when God tells us to do something, it is to our uh, advantage to follow God's word and God's will. So let's look at our New Testament text. Matthew chapter 22, verse 21, the Jews come to Jesus and they ask him a question, should we pay taxes to Caesar? And Jesus answers, give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. Obviously, Jesus believed in paying taxes. And I think what we can take from this regarding our question of the day is we should, at a minimum, know what our government requires of us. I know when I first got married, I uh, was approached by one of my parents um, towards the beginning of the year, and they said, have you assessed this year? And I looked at him confused and said, assessed what? And apparently I didn't have any knowledge of the fact that I needed to assess for property tax purposes, and uh, no one told me that I was supposed to. It was just something that I guess every person is supposed to know when they're born, that you've got to assess to pay your property taxes. Uh, Now, they'll tell you if you forget to do it by fining you, but they're not going to remind you to do it, even though it may be your first time to ever own anything that you have to pay property tax on. 
But this is just one illustration of many things that we need to be aware of, and it is somewhat political. We need to know what our government asks of us or requires of us so that we can do as Jesus commanded and give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. Paul addresses this as well. In Romans 13.1, he says, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and you will be commended. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath, to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Obviously, knowledge of government, laws, etc. are important to Paul and Jesus. But should a Christian stop at knowledge? Is that all we're looking for is knowledge today? No, I think we can go further based on Scripture. This is hard to decipher since our current type of government, a democracy, was not around back then. Paul wouldn't have said, go vote for a righteous emperor, because that wasn't an option. Paul wouldn't have said, go run for office, because there was no office to run for. The only way you were going to become anything was by an appointment of the authorities that already existed, and many of those positions went to blood relatives. This is why we see so many um, Herods and Caesars throughout history, is because they would pass their role of leader on to their children. Some leadership positions had no requirements whatsoever. In fact, uh, Caligula was said to have named his horse as Senator. But nonetheless, you did not become a, a senator or an emperor or a king by running for office and having people vote for you. It just didn't work that way. You either got there by being named a successor by the current leadership, or you took over the position through war. So what political action can a Christian take today that the Bible would defend, that the Bible would actually uh, support? If we look in 1 Timothy 2, 1, it says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. In verse 2, it goes on to say, uh, For the kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is a good, or I'm sorry, this is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. So there, 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4, it says to pray and intercede and be thankful for kings and all in authority so that we may live peaceful and quiet lives. So God is requiring an action there for prayer. He's saying, get on your knees and pray for the right leadership to, to be in place so that you don't have to keep running for your lives because you're a Christian. You don't have to meet in a basement in order to have a church service. Now, obviously, we have some major difficulties and obstacles still to 
overcome in order to know how we are to respond today because Paul is talking in 1 Timothy and in Romans and even Matthew when Jesus is talking. They're talking about leadership that does not uh, have a term limit. They're there until they die or until they just decide to no longer be emperor or to be king. And so how do we apply that today in our situation, especially in here in America, where every four years our elected representative is up for re-election? Are we to go to the polls? Are we to just stay at home and pray? The Bible nowhere says to vote, but it did say to take action. And really, God is calling on Christians to take the only action that they have at their disposal so if you're in a place where the only thing you can do politically is pray, then I think God's saying, get involved. But for us who have more opportunity to get involved, I think that even though the Bible does not directly say go and vote, I think that we have a responsibility to see God's will done. Um, let me give you a for instance here. God would have uh, all nations hear the gospel. In fact, the Bible says that one day it is going to be. Just like God controls who is in power, as our verses in Romans and in Timothy uh, indicate, God is in control of, uh, of the future, of who will eventually hear the gospel. He says that all nations will hear the gospel before his return. Does that mean that we just sit back and let God do his work? Well, no, they're never going to hear without us going. We have been the ones called to go. We, have, we are the ones who carry out that will of God. And so if God is in control of who becomes our next president, our next senator, our next congressman or woman, well, obviously I think we have a role to play in that as well. After all, in our government, the leaders that are in place should reflect the hearts and minds and wills of the people. That is what a democracy is all about in the first place. And if we do not let our own hearts and wills and minds be known through the election process, then you only get a sampling come election day of those who do not know Jesus, those who are casting a vote for worldliness. And so I think that we are to be salt and light, as Jesus said uh, in the Gospels. And if we're going to be salt and light, then one of the ways that we salt and light this place up is through going and casting our vote for the person that we believe will best uh, serve our nation and lead us to uh, a more prosperous future for not only ourselves but for our children and everyone else living here today. This is action based out of love. To sit by idly and do nothing when we know that one person would be better fit to serve our country would not be loving in any way whatsoever. It would be like standing by and watching someone starve to death. If we know that somebody is going to do a better job in making sure that there are jobs so that people can provide for themselves and there are, uh, a person is better equipped to handle the medical situation that we're faced with and all of the other um ideals that are on political platforms and that are up for debate, I think that we have a responsibility because of our love and because of our call to action, not only through prayer, but through every means that we have. 
and in carrying out God's will just as we would in sharing the gospel with the nations. I believe these things together in tandem would very strongly support that Christians should be involved in the political arena.